0: Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the eastern border. And, uh, well, welcome from the real, real eastern border, from Odessa. You know, the place where all the jokes are. Except this time of the year it's really not that funny. We are here after quite a grueling ride, really. It took us 17 hours on a train, and then we had a 5-hour break, and then we had 12 more hours on a bus to get here from Hungary, but you um, arrived. There are blog posts everywhere, of course, and we were thoroughly checked on the border. I think maybe a bit too much because my laptop's SSD is, I think, plugged out of the socket and I don't have the tools to fix it myself, so I'm gonna do that tomorrow. And then we're gonna have to send in some documentation to to authorities here to get full accreditation and everything. But we're working on it. It's all great. What's happening here is that in Odessa currently, people are well, trying to enjoy everything as much as they can. There is no panic on the streets, except that a lot of the cafes are closed and according to according to what I've been told, the nightly sirens are a common occurrence. I think they've they're trying to limit the alcohol consumption here as well since you can only buy buy any alcohol from from 9, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. But the city life seems very active. I really hadn't thought that so many Ukrainians would just decide to go out and walk in a park. Parks are amazing, by the way. And There are insane amounts of tiny little stores, and they're all open and everything. If, if it wasn't for the massive fog that has covered this area, it would be really hard to say that that this place is. Actually, well, in a war zone. It's quite difficult here, because hard to understand the mood. You go out and you're always a bit stressed, but hey, something's going on. Also, wanted to say thank you for all your support and for everything in the best episode, everything in the previous episodes. We'll be doing some reporting, and I have an article to write for Tevin at Elfair, which is why, by the way, we're all of my Latvian listeners you'll be able to read all these first day experiences in, in a bit greater detail. But for now really we we'll have to touch up on catch up on some, some news about what has happened. Well, first of all we have um more sad news about the atrocities in this war. Since the German intelligence agencies have um well, captured the radio talk of Russian soldiers, in which, in which, the murders of Boccia, of the civilians in Boccia, were were discussed, and from these conversations, we can make a conclusion that these murders were a part of a strategy, of, of intimidating, the, the peaceful, the peaceful population. At least this is what um, Der Spiegel reports. On the other hand, we have uh, also received confirmation that indeed some Russian soldiers shot shot uh, sorry, some Ukrainian shol- soldiers shot the Russian wounded and that is obviously also a war crime. Ukrainian Ukrainian uh, military command has already stated that they will investigate all such cases. And that alone kind of illustrates all the situation because for one one thing that um, ukrainian specialists that i've been listening to they're even surprised about is that um, even after bucha has been proved and we've all seen what was going on there even after that the reasonable thing for russia to do is just you know put put on some blame on on like everyday soldiers and and the commanders of of some squads or some battalions and you know Punish them and just state that no, no, we're still the liberators and these are the bad guys, but apparently that that wouldn't work out that well because because right now the Russian population have been driven into some sort of a sort of frenzy, so to speak, because again, once Dmitry Peskov stated that Putin himself kind of pulled back his forces from around Kiev as a as a show of goodwill toward Ukraine then yeah that that was a deeply unpopular decision right now russian forces have pulled back completely from both um, both kyiv and and sumy oblast which is pretty nice the thing is that uh, well apparently a huge offensive is coming in the east and i'm i'm kind of on the border on that but i believe i'll be i'll be fine okay so whatever of course i'll you know move move away as soon as possible if if things get too hot over there. One thing though, there's a there's a Russian magazine called Vazhnaya Story, Important Stories, and they published a report and they kind of conveyed the beliefs of apparently a lot of lot of folks who are close to Kremlin, most likely about uh, the the same guys from which Professor Solovyov takes takes his sources kind of the the court, so to speak, of the these whole upper guys, you know, the service personnel. And apparently Putin, Putin allegedly is ready to go until the end in the war with Ukraine, and he, they claim, won't stop without any, you know, without some meaningful war trophy. He won't leave Ukraine alone. And right now, right now, after all of this, after this uh, attempt to to capture Kiev that failed, the minimum task for the army right now is the full capture of Donetsk and Lugansk regions, but the maximum one is all of Ukraine's southeast. And also, apparently it has been confirmed that um, after, on the 3rd of April, the Bucha images became public, apparently there has been some, some chaos in Kremlin. Apparently, some people in the administration of Putin have started discussing that, uh, well, this might end with a tribunal. Let's hope they're right. Also, continuing in the sad vein of the war, apparently, the Russian soldiers had used civilians as human shields against incoming Ukrainian fire. This is what people in the Ukrainian village of Obukhovtsy told journalists, and um, residents of the village stated that the Russian troops apparently had gone from house to house, and they've rounded up some 150 people at gunpoint and held them in a school gym as protection for Russian troops. And uh, Lyudmila Sutkova, one of the villagers, told BBC, quote, They took us from the cellars where we were hiding and forced us out. Old ladies, children, everyone. It was terrifying. They broke open the doors of anyone who wouldn't open up. And uh, another villager, Mariana, has stated, quote, I was afraid that we would all be shot in that gym. I was scared for my daughter. I have no work. And uh, obviously, obviously, um, Russian Russian authorities have given again no meaningful response for this. Meanwhile, on the weird side of news, Lukashenko, our good old buddy, totally crazy, crazy man who runs Belarus, he stated today that um, he demands to to be involved in peace talks between Russia and Ukraine. And the weirdest part was that um when he spoke about all this situation, he used the word war multiple times. Even though Moscow constantly declares everything as a special operation. And let me remind you that if you call it if you call this war a war in Russia, then you can get up to fifteen years in prison. And Belarus is actively supporting them, allowing um, allowing allowing its territory to be used as a kind of a launching grounds for all this atta- for all this assault and uh, yeah Lukashenko actually seriously complained about about him kind of not being allowed to talk about the situation and he um, stated quote we work and we are basing our our work on the fact that this war is happening over the fence across from our country and this this is tied to the situation in our own country and uh, he stated that no peace deal should be made behind Belarus's back, and of course, he uh, totally, totally offended the West by stating that if you Western countries drag this into this war, then in the peace talks, of course, the Belarusian position would would be, uh, you know, t- should should be taken into account. And um, <laughs> well, this is a bizarre take from someone who, once again, tries to become more relevant on the world stage. The problem is that he hasn't been relevant for a while, and well, unless he does something absolutely crazy again. I don't know. <laughs> right now, another migrant crisis is not what we need, but with no planes going there, yeah, might be a bit hard for good old Lukashenko to pull this one off. And uh, finally, well, not exactly super war-related, but um, thing the thing is that um, apparently Zhirinovsky had, well... Stated in one of his last speeches that Russia will win this situation, or he'll die, and he's dead. So again, one another symbolic thing from that that perspective over there. Since, well, we we have to find something positive to focus our lives on, and it's a bit hard. And I thought I thought that I was close to the war in 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 Rigolafia. I thought that. You know, I'd been through difficult times and I've been on I've been on the border and, and a bit in there and everything, but here in the desk the feelings are quite different. I'll be I'll be of course reporting and doing everything. I just need to get get my papers in order to not get into any trouble or anything. But the situation here it, it is a bit scary. You know, I know about people who listen to my show and everything, and I caught myself today just thinking about how someone walks faster behind me than usual in the street and I kinda want to pause and, and and give away and look back. And I know the bus today when we were going those twelve hours from Kishinev to Odessa Bo- to to Odessa. Interesting part is that I thought that the bus would be totally empty. Like that no one would go there. But no, it was it was full. It was full with um, women and children and old people. And some of them told me that They've um, they've gone back to Kishinev to basically buy some stuff and bring it back to Ukraine. And some stated that they're just coming in, taking some of their stuff from their apartments, and then going back again. It was extremely weird. But people are traveling in this direction as well. That left me a bit, a bit stunned. But hey, it just means that uh, if, if we, the lone two adult men sitting... On the bus with women and children, you know, who are not afraid to go there. Or maybe they are, but they're super friendly and they didn't show it in any way or form. If they can do it, then so can I. And I will do it. I'll get everything in order, fix the computer, and of course, we shall be reporting every day. Please follow us on Twitter also, if you don't already, and on our Facebook page. And You can just look up the eastern border anywhere. And... um, Again, thanks for all of your support. Please, please, uh, if you want to support the show, become our patron or just click the donate button on the easternborder.lv page and really donate to Ukraine. Most likely these people really need medical supplies because I think the hardest point was when on the border when we proved that we're journalists, they looked at our tourniquets and counted four of them and we stated that, yeah, we uh, weren't allowed our relatives and... And uh, editorial didn't allow us to leave the country without two two tourniquets each. And the border guard just told me, well, we have one tourniquet on four people. And then he looked at my huge army backpack full with gear for the show and everything with an open envy. And that is the sad part, because I'm just a journalist and I'm here to report and do all these things. But yeah, these people really, really need your help. They need guns and ammo and medical supplies and more than anything else they really really need need to be, you know, heard. People shouldn't forget about this. Even if um, as some military experts state that this war could last for years, although I highly doubt that, but um even so even so this this should never be forgotten and we I think truly live in a bit of a new era. Happiness is mandatory. До свидания, товарищи.